Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Nobody likes to feel unprepared. In fact, I'm sure some of the worst days you've had are when you've overslept and you woke up scrambling. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that if we don't expect Jesus' return, then he's going to catch us off guard. If you think being unprepared is embarrassing with your boss, just imagine the God of the universe. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on February 26th, 2023. What I want to do is try, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to make some sense of what's happening in the world today. Uh, Specifically, this Asbury revival, the threat of World War III, and the increase of these massive explosions, just to mention a few. That's all we have time for. (laughs) Actually, we don't even have time for all of that, but we're going to do this. The only way anyone can make any sense out of anything is vis-a-vis the Word of God and the God of the Word. So may I trouble you to join me in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, the first three verses. This is the fifth of seven churches that Jesus has John write to, the church in Sardis. Verse 1, And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that in the original language of the Greek New Testament is the word ergon from where we get our English word energy, that you have a name that you are alive but you are dead. The Greek word for that is nekros, where we get our English word necromancy. Verse 2, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember therefore, verse 3, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come 
upon you. So of the seven churches, Sardis is actually among the most interesting, and this for a number of reasons, not the least of which is the history of this city. The location of Sardis was seemingly impenetrable because it was positioned ever so securely, surrounded by these steep, unscalable walls. However, it was conquered the same exact way two times in history. Once in the year 549 BC, and then again in 214 BC. According to historians, one of the soldiers in the city dropped his helmet down the steep cliff wall, and the enemy was watching. When the soldier climbed down this hidden trail to retrieve his helmet, he exposed it to the enemy who used it to take the city. And here's what's interesting. Upon scaling the wall using this trail, they found Sardis with no watchman. Why? Because no need. Here we sit, invincible, unpenetrable, confident and secure in our position. Now you're dead. You just don't know it yet. And interesting, every, I mean, down to the gnat's eyebrow, and yes, gnats have eyebrows, everything Jesus has John write to this church, they would have got it. When he says, be watching, they got that. You think you're alive, but you're dead, they got that. Everything he writes here has application to the situation within this church in this city. Even more interesting is the name, which we know as the nature throughout Scripture. And when it comes to Sardis, the name Sardis carries with it the idea of escaping. Now, this will make sense in a moment. Now the problem with Sardis was that they relied on the energy, ergon, of their own strength and rested on the laurels of their past reputation of being an alive church. And this is why Jesus tells them that though they had made a name for themselves as being alive, they were actually dead. Thankfully, Jesus lovingly explains to them why this happened, and perhaps more importantly, what they could still do before it's too late. So let's first tackle the why. It's found in verse 1. And by the way, this is one of the 278 of 404 verses in Revelation that reference or allude to the Old Testament. Actually, many years ago, Chuck Missler, who was a good friend of mine, told me that he thinks it's actually more than that. But let's just 
say for purpose of discussion that 278 of the 404 verses in the book of Revelation have reference to the Old Testament. It's been said that the Old Testament conceals what the New Testament reveals. And by the way, these churches, when they received these letters, would have understood this. Why? Because they knew their, their Bible. They knew the Old Testament Scriptures. So as we're about to see, when Jesus talks about the seven spirits of God, what? No, they, they got it. They would have known. Oh, he's referencing Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. That's Jesus. And, verse 2, the Spirit of the Lord, one, shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom, two, and understanding, three. The Spirit of counsel, four, and might, five. The Spirit of knowledge, six, and of the fear of the Lord, seven. That's the sevenfold work of the Holy Spirit. This is why Sardis was dead, which when understood will make sense out of what remained in order that they might escape. Notice in verses 2 and 3, packed full, starting with be watchful, first and foremost. Strengthen what remains in the Lord's might, not in your own might, your own strength, the energy ergon of your own strength. No, it's in the power of His might. And this is interesting because He doesn't say, remember what? He says, remember how. Why is that interesting? Because He's unlike the other churches saying, remember how you receive the Holy Spirit that you're not relying upon now, that you've basically replaced with the flesh. It reminds me of what the Apostle Paul, in pleading in his letters about how that they had begun in the Spirit, but now they're trying to finish it up in the flesh. Who's bewitched you? You started off right, Sardis. You even have a reputation for being alive and having the Holy Spirit. And so remember how you received the Holy Spirit, Sardis, Christian, and then hold fast. And then here's the R word. Wait for it. Repent. Turn. Do a 180. Well, that's the what. In addition to, I mean, the, the why, he also Jesus includes an if. Did you see that in verse 3? He says, if they don't, then he will come upon them as a thief. Interesting choice of words. Now the question becomes one of, <laughs> how does all of this apply to Bible prophecy and make any sense of what's happening today? I'm glad you asked. You asked, right? Okay. At the risk of an oversimplification, 
the application is that of Jesus warning us to be watchful for our escape when he comes to rapture us. Stay with me, please. Here's how I get there. This idiom Jesus uses of coming as a thief in the night at an hour they know not, speaks to the paramount importance of watching. This warning is for those who have ears to hear, O would to God, that we would be among those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today. What's the Spirit? Substance of things hoped for, the 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 in the night. And sadly, the church today is like the church in Sardis of that day. Nobody's watching. Why is nobody watching? Because no need. No need. Uh, They will still be caught up in the rapture if they're born again, but they're going to be caught off guard by the rapture. Just as a thief who comes in the night catches the owner of the house off guard, This uh, thief in the night, let's not rush past it. Let's think about it. When was the last time you ever had a thief like text you ahead of time or call you and say, hey, 2 a.m., good time for you. Be expecting me, I'm coming. Now, listen, if you got, again, a better illustration, I'm happy to use it, but that's the best I got, so there you go. But think about that. If, If I don't know when, that's the whole point, isn't it? I mean, the thief is not going to warn you ahead of time, I'm coming. Because if you knew that he was coming, I mean, you're watching. Let's do this. Bring it. I got um, pit bulls and Doberman pinchers and I won't say what else I've got, but (laughs) you get the point, right? I'll be ready. There you go. You see what Jesus is saying? See, if you're watching, then you won't be caught off guard when, not if, He comes. Can you make that connection? That's what Jesus is saying. See, they're not watching because they're not expecting Him to come. Why are they not expecting Him to come? (laughs) Well, I'm glad you asked. This brings me to the question of how does this help anyone make any sense of anything that's happening in the world today? And this question is answered when I view all that's happening in the world today through the lens of the rapture happening any day. Let me explain. If like Sardis I fancy myself as secure and comfortable and confident, well then I'm self-deceived. I deceive myself and believe that, oh, Jesus is not 
coming yet. Enter the much talked about Asbury revival, which at its core is not so much about Jesus isn't coming yet, it's more about Jesus can't be coming yet. And here's why. A last day's revival, which by the way is not prophesied in Scripture, is the core tenet of false prophets and teachings of NAR. NAR is the acronym for New Apostolic Reformation. And with NAR you also have IHOP, not the pancake place, International House of Prayer. They have this one thing in common. They falsely teach that Jesus cannot come until there's a worldwide revival first. Is this starting to make sense? This has its roots in dominion theology or kingdom now theology, and it's clothed very seductively, and I'm choosing to word it that way for a reason. It is very seductive, because after all, who among us does not want revival? We long for it. We pray for it. And the enemy knows that. So you can get drawn in. It's very seductive. And it comes by way of what's known as the Seven Mountains Mandate. What's that? Well, it's this false teaching that Christians must take dominion of and bring revival to seven areas to take over the world for Jesus, so Jesus can come. I this on in here, by the way, I'll just save you the time. Spoiler alert. That's not how it ends. What are those seven areas? Watch this. Arts and entertainment, business, education, family, government, especially government. Let's get our guy in office. If we can get our guy in office, we can turn this thing around. Uh, I'm sorry, the Titanic is going down. And you might be campaigning for make the Titanic float again. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. So we got to take dominion over government, get Christians in office, and media. How's that working out for you? (laughs) And interesting religion. Oh, that's foreign to biblical Christianity. Do you see the, the uniting together the whole world? One now, under this banner. For those who are interested, I'll refer you to the Lighthouse Trails Research Project's website and this post last Tuesday, the 21st, of a letter to the editor raising concerns about the Asbury revival being pre-planned. Pre-planned. Here's a brief quote. The following letter to the editor from a Lighthouse Trails reader raises valid concerns about circumstances surrounding the Asbury revival. While Asbury University personnel and numerous 
secular and religious media outlets say that the revival is pure, unplanned, organic, and unexpected, it turns out an NAR IHOP connected group had been planning a revival event at Asbury days before it began. Lighthouse Trails does not question the sincerity of those at the Asbury gathering who may be truly committing or recommitting their lives to the Lord in humility, repentance, and reverence, but is concerned about harmful exploits that can potentially hurt many while calling something a move of God that in reality may be a pre-planned event which could become part of a false revival. Now, when one understands this, then it starts to make sense. If my theology and eschatology says there has to be revival before Jesus can come, well then wouldn't it stand to reason that we would want to get this show on the road? What show? The revival show. Because see, Jesus can't come until there's revival. So let's have a revival. Well, that's not how it works. <laughs> Back in the day, you might remember, they would have these tent revivals. Revival, 7 p.m. Tuesday night. Oh, really? You must be connected, because apparently the Holy Spirit has scheduled this for 7 p.m. on, no, no. You know what that is? That's a manufacturing of something in the flesh, the energy ergon of the flesh and not the spirit. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, <laughs> let me hasten to say that God can use anything, anytime, anywhere to bring anyone to salvation and or repentance, even with this. It's kind of interesting because I mentioned that I was going to be talking about this today on Thursday night, and I was just remembering <laughs> in 2020, three years ago now, three, that <laughs> I had kind of mentioned I was going to do an update on QAnon prior. I shouldn't have done that because I was inundated, and I mean inundated, by well-intentioned brothers and sisters in Christ, and I say it that way affectionately. They meant well, but they were basically telling me, no, this is the Lord, this is God, this is biblical. No, it's not. No, but there's a great awakening. No, that's new age. That's the age of Aquarius. We're in Pisces, but the new age believes in a great awakening. It's not a great awakening or a great revival. That's not what my Bible says. So I was, I mean, blasted. I haven't even done the update yet. I thought, man, what's going to happen after I do it? Well, it was even worse. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing. And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn 
about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's jdfarag.org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth.